0: up you degenerate nobodies. Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic, is also the owner of one of Australia's oldest and most productive bauxite mining facilities, due to a series of unfortunate and totally unforeseen events, which were not in any way the fault of. Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow Limited? Is This Tomorrow Aluminum? Is This Tomorrow Cat Food? Is This Tomorrow Toilet Bowl Cleaner? Is This Tomorrow Horse Toothpaste? Is This Tomorrow Liquefied Ham Products? And as this tomorrow open water discount burials, we're in need of both experienced and inexperienced miners to get in that hole and dig some shit up. If you can operate heavy machinery, or have watched some YouTube videos about operating heavy machinery, or watched videos when you were a child of men operating cranes and other shit like that, you are who we are looking for. Pay is good. Life expectancy is short, but the pay is good. If you're interested in a management position and know how to clean, load and operate an automatic rifle, you may also be interested. Kangaroo a bitch, put down that beacon and go over to your mum's computer and contact us at Is this to tomorrow dot com. That's is this to moro.com?
1: Is this Azalea? It
2: sure is.
1: All right, so we're just going to do, I'll do a little intro, and we'll we take gotta thank care some of some people, uh, business, and then I will introduce you, and we'll just we'll just roll. Okay. You know, it's very, uh, as you know, Talk you it listen, up. it's very low-key, and uh, we're excited, yeah. though, we're okay. excited. All right, so yeah. welcome, thank you. Thank welcome, welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we welcome you all to our. We just we were we were confused. Is this our third season? And yes, we're in our third season already. Yeah, I just so.
3: forgot to change the numbers. That's on right. it, we'll so. get everything straightened out. Yeah.
1: Before we do anything, we want to announce uh, uh, patrons. We have three. three. In, we got three new patrons. We have Matthew Marzullo. Yep. Uh, Martin O'Connor and Christopher. Sienko.
3: Yeah, cool. <laughs> I think
1: it's Christopher Sienko. So uh, thanks to those three, they've all become patrons. Uh, and you too can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show for, for as and, little uh, as as one dollar a month. And uh, you would help you help support us and keep us in the style we And for three dollars a month,
3: you get entered into uh, all of our giveaways, yes, that we do. So I gotta talk to Rob afterwards. I might have a really cool giveaway ah. of something that was sent to me, and um, I because I don't have a turntable, uh, it's just gathering dust. But I think oh, it a could, vinyl thing. All right, yeah, well, it's right. Keep, can you see it? Uh, it's right listening. there. It's right there. I can't. It's but a I'll two see album it. set.
1: All right, all right. So without further ado, though, we have a guest tonight, Barry. And uh, it's funny. I thought she was going to be call- for some reason. I thought you were in New York still, Azalea. But uh, actually, she's in calling in from uh, Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, Miss Azalea Snell. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate
1: it. No problem. We're glad to have you. And Azalea, uh, for those. We're of, also
3: glad that. Of the record that you picked.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, of course, we are. And uh, of course, it's a record that eventually we would have gotten to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, for those of you who don't know, yeah. Azalea is a singer, songwriter, musician. And Azalea, you know, I I crossed paths with you. Uh, I, I think Rat Bastard uh, knows you, and Rat Bastard Hello. brought you down. In the 90s, and you came and played down in Miami a few times in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I've played, yes,
2: I've been in Miami quite a few times. Yes. So I and was I'm at, still in touch with
1: Rat. R- right, right. So, Rat's actually, I talked to Rat today, and I told him you were going to be on the show. And Rat, uh, in his own charming self, he said, uh, hey. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I said, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good old Rat.
2: Excellent, man. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you're, uh, um, and also, you're now, you're also one half of the duo. Lovey Dove, is that correct? Is that still going on?
2: That's correct. Yes, that's correct. All right. Yep. And we also have a project called Snail Meets West, which is a free jazz duo. And I play drums.
1: All right. And Dan
2: West plays piano. Yeah. Oh, cool. Snail um, meets I'm West. very lucky. What's that?
1: Snail meets yeah. West. That's called.
2: Snail meets West. Yeah, and I'm very lucky. I, I got. I was, I'm married to a virtuoso musician, composer, arranger, producer, genius Dan West. So I, I got really lucky. In many ways. Oh, awesome! So, all right, he's yeah. lucky.
1: Too. He's lucky too. I'm sure he's lucky too. Ah,
2: thank you. All That's
1: right, so sweet. what is the record? We didn't mention the record. We skated around it. What is the record you brought to the table for us? Is it?
2: Okay, so we're going to talk about "Transformer" by Lou Reed yes. and um, 1972. Yeah, and it finished my life. This record not only made me like this hardcore rock and roll shit that i will never grow <laughs> out of um but it was so arty and it just opened my mind to all this weird sexual stuff that i didn't know anything about yeah. um and by the time you know when i heard this um and it's the reason i moved to new york and strangely enough i ended up becoming a neighbor of Lou. so i lived like three blocks away from him and would see him not often, but you know occasionally in the West Village, riding his bike, oh, that is hanging awesome. out with Lori. Now, yeah, uh, yeah it now, what time amazing. was this?
1: what time frame was this?
2: this is the uh well, this has been mostly the nineties because uh, I, I moved to the village kind of mid eighties, so um. I don't think I saw him around much until the 90s. I guess he was probably on tour a lot still, or, you know, just wasn't out and about. And then I guess he, you know, decided he wanted to be this avid bike rider, and I loved bike riding as well. And they were just kind of putting in the, um, the Hudson bike path, and I think that was a real blessing for a lot of us. And, um... You know, and he liked to try the new cafes that would open. And I ran into him once at this new kind of vegetarian joint on Hudson. And you know, in a typical New York moment, I was, you know, about to order. It was my turn. You know, there's just a few people in the in the deli. Veggie, veggie Deli or whatever it was, and I and, and I hear this voice go, "I'll take the," and I was about to say, "It's my turn," yeah. and it was it was Lou, so I just let it go and, and watched him order, and you know, that's you know, awesome. So, yeah,
3: <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, he actually made it in the eighties. There's a somewhat infamous. He made an ad for this scooter like a like a, Oh yeah for
2: Oh yeah Walk
3: on the Wild Side oh, yeah. they used Walk on the Wild Side <laughs> right. Yes, that's
2: correct. Right. Yep, and, I've seen that ad. Yeah. I know. And
0: you <laughs>
1: know, people I know some some people gave him shit for that, but I give Who him cares? no I give him no shit for you something like that. Cause um it was, I was thinking about this. It was cool. It, it was cool and even and whatever, this guy is like is like a legend. He was in the Velvet Underground, but at, what happened after the Velvet Underground he left Manhattan. They went back to Long Island and basically was working for his dad's
3: and, uh, accounting yeah, firm right. as a
1: typist for a right, while. That's yeah, right. that didn't mm-hmm. last too yeah. long. But but still, you got to figure if you have a chance to cash in and, and get some uh, some yeah. money because obviously yeah. someone like him, he's oh, more yeah. renowned as as far as not being like this huge. Money making yeah. rock star, right, you know? right. so yeah uh, he
2: never made the kind of money that David Bowie made let's put it no. that way you Exa- know? yeah no. exactly, Although exactly. I, guess, I guess he did when when he died in 2013 mm-hmm. they say he was worth like at least twenty million or something, wow. and well yeah, he you know, is. yeah he there was some license. there was some
3: commercial licensing stuff by that point. Satellite of love had been in right. some things and walk on the wild side mm-hmm. of perfect day also well day interestingly enough on this things from this album yeah, this album they so, didn't pick uh they didn't pick uh you know um anything off any of the other records it was this record that gets uh the
2: it's such an incredibly perfect record i mean it, it is, is
1: yeah it's it, that's an a good yeah.
2: deep and and just incredibly listenable record and you know I, I just listened to it you know an hour ago just to get it back in my head not that it's ever gone out of my head right, right but it yeah. still sounds so fresh you know I mean yeah David Bowie Nick Ronson, and you know the players on this record is incredible yeah, you know, they it, had Kirby exactly. Flowers played you know based on almost everything but did you know I don't know if you knew this I kind of just found this out recently Klaus Vorman played on yes. a few tracks
3: yep uh, no, right
2: but, uh, you know what I mean including Perfect, perfect day, day and he, Satellite of Love yep. yes yep. yes yeah and, uh, Right So and they then, just got
1: these But that's so that was David Bowie's uh, Genius about just getting Because it's funny the, You know the, uh, the The record we just did The week before this Which the episode's Not even out yet But we did um, Lust for Life. for Life Biggie Pop And Oh uh, nice
2: And wow, obviously right.
1: That's something David Probably had more of a hand in Because he co-wrote Most of the songs Yeah Lidlicky I always stuff. I
3: figured this was This is And face it In 1972 David Bowie hadn't He hadn't exploded yet I mean right Ziggy, well, uh, Ziggy Stardust had come he out, so he had, had,
2: yeah, he was starting to get some clout, and you know, right. I think he could push, definitely pull some triggers, right? And, and he already had uh,
1: a, a Ziggy Stardust, so that was a big thing, and he was a huge fan of Lou, right. so right. but it was the perfect, oh, yeah. just bringing Absolutely. Mick Ronson in uh, to play these guitars yeah. on it and do it. It's just we'll do, like, do the arranging
3: perfect. too. Ronson is an arranger, right, string
2: arrangements, yeah. 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 Um, I know Mick Lawson was absolutely amazing, and and then and then the drummer from the Ruddle. Yes, right? yes, yes that's, right. <laughs> that's right, that's
1: right. John Holliday. Yep.
3: yep. it's crazy, right?
2: It's just unbelievable. And,
3: uh, there's a, yeah. the, in fact, you can go and watch. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, if not, you can find it somewhere those classic album series where they go through and they sit down with people, and, the, and this one's I think it's from the right. '90s, and they go through this album. And they have, um, I'm sure they have some archival interviews with, with Ronson, and um, mm-hmm. when they ask about Lou's contribution, like, basically, he came in his and played his parts, and he said, and then he just kind of sat in the control room and watched the, the goings mm, on. watch the
2: magic. Yeah, Let them do it. Well, Let them do it, yeah. Yeah, but you and you can't you know disregard these lyrics that are. That's just the thing. So he incredible. had this. He had these great Never. songs,
1: so he yeah. was he was smart yeah. enough to know. Oh well, these guys know what they know their shit. Yeah. They got these great musicians, and he let them do the thing. But at the at the end of the day, these songs are just like so great. And, yeah, uh, he's yeah. he's one of my which all-time is, which, favorite songs, and
3: also his first solo record. You know, it's it, it falls kinda of flat. It uh, well who
1: do you work with? He worked with Steve Howe and Rick Wakeman from Yes. Yeah. It's not so it's not yeah. so like it Listen, I,
2: I like the first one as well. But you know, this one just really just yeah. boom. A lot, all the, come together the production in a way.
3: the production kinda just, ruins the yeah. first one a little bit. You listen to it and you're like, Okay, what who made that decision? These are really
1: Well, well yeah. flat false, flat is it's like flat. That is it's, thing. It's, yeah. it's just
3: sort yeah. of dull and flat. And you wanna like it, but you're like, ugh. And then, of course.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you can't yeah, just like some, sometimes things just really gel and they just converge in a way where it's just, you know, unbelievable. And, you know, it's interesting the whole uh, backstory of some of these songs I learned very recently through. Betty Reed, who was Lou's first wife, right? She the was the like mature, the very Betty. sane
3: wife, right? The very like well. She-
2: Betty Cronstad is a trip. I mean, I can I, I'm not going to go into too much because she told me stuff in confidence, like sure, kind sure. Of confidential stuff. Yeah. Oh, nice. but but um, you know, she well, she met Lou when she was um, you know in a, in a mental institution, basically. Oh, you wow. know, and and one of like Lou's friends, Lincoln, this guy Lincoln had been so depressed that he jumped in front of train tracks and like one or i forget if it's one or both of his legs were cut off and so he was in the institution because that's what they would do then if you try to commit suicide It's right. really throw you a mental ward right right now what what would they do now rescue maybe i don't know but um back when we had lots of mental institutions and they had room for everybody that needed to be right. in them yeah pre-ronald reagan early, right? so so uh betty knew lincoln she was visiting lincoln she, um, I guess she was in there for a while. She didn't. She kind of didn't tell me exactly what, how that happened, or what happened with her. But uh, Link, she, they were visiting Lincoln at the same time. They met at, you know, in an elevator when she's going up, he, or she's going down, and he's coming up. And actually, if you guys haven't read the book Perfect Day by Betty you need to do that. Get it, man. It is so good. I bought it from Betty directly, so she signed it to me. <laughs> oh, nice. And um <laughs> And I was actually going to bring her out here because I was to i did this Lou Reed event at Beyond Baroque, which is just really great, you know, poetry, kind of the St. Mark's Place of LA, you know, a lot of poets and writers. And so I was doing Satellite of Blue um, uh, with Mary Warrenoff, you know. Who yeah, was, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There, you know, and I said, well, you know, Betty, why don't you come out and you could sell some books and you could talk and. And if she says, "Well, well, how much will you give me?" And I'm like, "Betty, I, I'm the starving artist. <laughs> yeah,
4: I can't right. do
2: anything." But she probably sell a bunch of books, and it would be a great splash. And yeah, you know, she wants to make her book into a movie. And I said, "I can introduce you to some producers I know. I sure, you know, come on." Anyway, so she got really mad at me when I couldn't offer her My, a set amount, no, yeah, we're yeah. not like really talking anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, but Interesting woman And so You guys know the story Of Perfect Day and, and how You know How that song came about
3: Well Tell you what Save that story For when we get uh, to When we get to the track Perfect Day And that'll, okay. be, a oh, yeah, well, that'll
1: be a perfect Spot for it That'll be a perfect Spot for about Perfect Day okay. Yeah <laughs> no. Okay great Okay Azalea I was wondering So uh, as you said This record came out In 1972 So when did you First hear this record Like do you remember Around well, what year I And probably, how old you were
2: Right, I was, I mean, you know, I was, um, I didn't hear it right when it came out, but I heard it when I was a, a young teen, and, um, you know, I was already into Bowie, I was into, uh, totally into T-Rex. Oh, okay, I wish okay. I could remember, like, exactly how I, the first time I heard it, but, I mean, it could have been on the radio, maybe. Right, because, um, um,
1: um Walk on the, Walk Wild, Walk on the Wild, Side. Wild Side was a was a hit, it was stable. a radio hit. Yeah. It
2: was yeah. a hit. It was a hit, yeah, but, um... But yeah, there were some great DJs, and I grew up in the D.C. area, at least part of my childhood. Okay. And we had some amazing DJs. We had a station called WGTB, and some really excellent freeform radio dudes, Um really terrific station and then we have WHFS was a little bit commercial, but still cool at the time. And even like, you know, regular commercial radio wasn't too bad. I remember the time, I remember that period. Pre
3: corporate rock radio. Right.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I mean they were still playing some great stuff, you know. Yeah. So but it just hit me like, whoa, who is you know, what is this? And um and everything from the album cover, which, was, of course, was a, an oversaturated photo by Mick Rock. It was yep. kind of a mistake. And then he took it out of the pan and he said, this is actually kind of cool, you know. And just that and everything about it just just drew me in in a way that very few things have drawn me in that deep that quickly, you know.
1: Right. I mean, yeah In, in listening to, In like revisiting it Because like I, me and Barrett Were talking We were saying This is this was like One of our easiest episodes To, to yeah, re- sure. prepare for Because yeah. both of us Obviously have I'm listened very To this record Like this record. hundreds of times Yep But uh, it's right. hard to imagine right. How uh, subversive It really is it for, for coming yeah, out sure. then In 1972 oh, yeah. It was so subversive yeah. That a lot of things Just went over people's heads Oh yeah They didn't know What they were talking like, about <laughs> yeah. yeah Right Oh
2: yeah, yeah. We're coming I mean, out Out and of and our closets
3: What are they in the closet for Yeah
2: Exactly. Right. Um, Yeah. And then the other thing uh, really quick about that Betty said about Lou is that she's convinced that he wasn't really gay or bi. It's just something that he was doing to to get to draw attention to himself. I've heard that. I've heard that. that. She wanted to believe anyway. I've I've heard (laughs) that. But
1: actually, you you know, who knows? Who knows? You can't get in someone's heart to know the exact truth. But one thing I think I'm pretty sure of is that Lou, aside from being... uh, Infatuated and uh, and attracted to all this this uh, the the drag queens and the culture. Sure, sure. It was also something that he he really loved. He really loved I these people, did, right? Yeah, right. He did, and and there's a certain even when he sings about them, uh, there's a certain empathy he has towards them. Oh, that's and, right. why it's right? great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I but think I,
2: it's. You know what? I mean, I think the same reason why I was so drawn to it is that he was an outcast. I was an outcast. Right, right. Most people, you know, who are rock and roll weirdos are outcasts. Exactly, right? exactly. And especially people like me that are so underground, so weird. And my sense, aesthetic sense of music is so strange. I have so many different right. uh, influences. Um, but, you know, I just feel like I wanted to be with the weirdos. I wanted to, that's why I went to New York, which was filled with weirdos at the time. Oh, you know? sure. Oh, and, yeah. And it's so sad now that New York just doesn't have that many weird people anymore. It's just <laughs> no. very oh. yucky and corporate, and you know.
1: I tell people, young people, like I remember going to New York in the in the early '90s, and it was just like you unrecognizable to what it is now. Like when the Times Square different. and yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah, sure. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. All yeah. Right.
2: Well, I, I always say, yeah, I just say to my friends, I lived in New York the last Bohemian decade, that's pretty much, it's the nineties. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep it that's was it. was the last of the Bohemians. Yeah.
3: So there's that great line when i watch you come baby i just want to run and you need just go wow that is not a complimentary statement <laughs> <No>. about it. <anything.
2: laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
3: But he was... Uh, and Warhol put him up to this yeah. song, right? Was it this... Yeah, d-
2: right. Yeah. They said, well, he said, uh, you know, he said, why don't you write something vicious like like you hit me with a flower? Right, so yeah, he yeah. Wrote him down and he said, thing that's perfect. And what a great statement, you know? Right. You hit me with a flower. It's just... Perfect. it's so amazing you know yeah. it's amazing and, but but, um, it,
1: but you 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 need someone like Lou Reed to take that and run with it and just make it into like right. a, a whole song yeah it's awesome oh
2: yeah yeah
1: because you've
2: got that New York attitude total yes. you know attitude and you know yeah it's it's just an incredible it is song and and and, all, and, and this catches.
1: yeah and this song I always I, I feel like it's about someone that you're attracted to, you're attracted to, but the things that attract you to them, you realize that you should steer clear of them because they're trouble. Probably, yeah. yeah. the the vibe I got.
2: Yeah, this song, I think partly is about Betty. I mean, she said that most of this album is about her and as well as Coney Island Baby. I could see that. And when I, I, you know, getting to know her I could totally see that. Right. You know? <laughs> She's got a mean streak, you know, and I'm sure that Lou had a mean streak too. And oh I can yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, Did you think? <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, I was gonna. Uh-huh. I was gonna.
3: Um, there's a song, another Lou Reed song called uh, "Dirt," and it's off of uh-huh. uh, "Street Hassle," and it's another song where yeah. he's commenting um, on a person directly. And I was trying to dig those up. Let me. Not "Dirty Boulevard." Fuck you, Google. Don't. 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 <laughs>
1: Well,
4: yeah.
1: all right. While well, he's looking for yeah. that, I will also say that uh, a vicious gu- guitar lead from Mick in this song oh, too. Yeah. When it comes in oh, that yeah, lead, yeah. it's just it's Isn't that just amazing? Perfect. Oh, it, is, so it is amazing. Uh, so Mick, great. Yeah, he's definitely the secret weapon on this whole album with the uh, mm-hmm. with the arranging he did and just all the great uh, guitar so work he did. I was just
3: gonna read it, just this absolutely. one these this, these lines from the song "Dirt" from Street Hassle. Another person he obviously does not like. You're a pig of a person, but there's a justice in this world. Hey, how about that? Your lack of conscience <laughs> and your lack of morality. Will more and more people know all about it? I'm like, damn. And mm. I, I'm not sure who he's talking about there, but it was uh, right. Um, every time I listen to that song, I'm like, oof. very cutting.
2: Yeah, he definitely. Seems to kind of uh, relish in, in making some enemies. He, he got a kick out of it. Oh yeah. You know?
3: yeah, yeah. Well, didn't he? Didn't
1: but, he end up uh, punching David Bowie in, in the face at uh, some point? Probably yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah.
2: that's what they say. Yeah.
3: Yeah, right. yeah but know. there was it's a fun. lot. I mean, during this period, a lot of drug use and a lot of
4: mm-hmm. very
3: uh, you think really big personalities. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. that. There's that one yeah. photo of Lou and David. With Iggy in between them. And oh, Iggy, yeah, uh, right, right. That's yeah. great. That's
2: um, a great photo. All right,
1: yeah. so speaking of Andy Warhol, Andy uh, definitely looms large as well on this on this album. And uh, this next song is definitely a uh, little homage to Andy, and it's called Andy's Chest. Are all the mountains
5: boulder after you. If I could be any one of the things in this world that might, instead of the dense, should lot on the leaves. I'd rather be your kite and be tied to the end of your string and flying in the air, babe, at night. Cause you know what they say about honey bears when you shave off all their baby hair. You have a hairy-minded pink bear bear and all the bells are rolling out stones are all erupting out for you and all the cheap blood suckers are flying after you yesterday daisy may and bib were grooving on the streets.
3: Oh, you get the first when those drums of, come in I and the drums those and you drums get the first in. round of bowie background vocal um overlays Ooh. which are come in at certain points in the record and it's um uh, just makes it, uh, you know. There's an exquisite quality to he. Like David Bowie was an incredible rock persona, but he was possibly the greatest background vocalist uh, of all time. Like when he yeah, sings right. on things, you just yeah. go, "Oh my god!"
1: Yeah, and and okay. you could tell it's him. It's
3: unmistakably, it's unmistakably him, him, and
1: it's perfect.
3: Yeah, Oh, yeah, beautiful.
2: So yeah, this song. So what about what about the lyrics in this? He says, "If I could be anything, of the." World in the th- of the things in this world that bite instead of being a tethered ocelot on a leash. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather be your kite and be tied to the ends of the string yeah. and flying in the air, babe. At night, I mean, it's unbelievable. How great! It's I know. So how great that is that? He, he,
1: yeah, he his he, all time favorite songwriter.
2: Oh uh, wow, very cool. Yeah, I mean, he really was like a beat poet come you know come to rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. I mean, and, he would, you know, and and absolutely. he had this
1: he had this way of writing simple sometimes the words are simple but they don't sound trite uh, for he he manages to make them just sound very authentic and real cool. and uh yeah. so he so basically he wrote this song uh, to Andy Warhol to cheer him up after he was shot. By uh, by uh, Valerie yeah, uh, Valerie. So it's Different sort of Solana, could have a uh, right. it's a song could have a dual meaning it could be about literally Andy's chest where he had the bullet right. wound in his chest. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure. Or it could be about his chest of um things uh, characters. Yeah, his so he has that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I suspect yeah. that Lou probably that the um uh dentured ocelot on a leash. Might refer to some real life happening, you know, that around the the factory or around that scene.
2: Who knows, man? I mean, yeah, who knows? (laughs) But the way the way he sings it, it's like he's singing it right to you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there's also and there's
3: another line um, in there that always catches me every time, which is very the first time you go. There's a more explicit reference to um, gay gay sex or or the the um, the scene. Well, because you know what they say about honey bears when you shave off all right. their baby hair. You have a hairy-minded <laughs> yeah. pink bear bear. <laughs> so, uh, yeah.
4: That's the first uh, yeah, exactly. time anyone's talked
3: about the bear scene in rock and roll, for sure. Um, I would say, unless there's some obscure reference I'm not aware of, but that is that is the, uh, the first time that uh, the penchant right. for hairy men... What? Fat hairy men
2: well, comes he was comes up. very into um, John Retchie. You remember that book, City of Night, by John Ritchie? That was a big influence on him. You know, uh, John okay. Retchie wrote about all the you know the gay underworld and right, all right, that kind right. of stuff. And so he was very, very influenced by him. And also a poet named John Giorno. Oh, he, we he know, guys, Oh, of so course, him.
3: John Giorno. He just
2: he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, I got to see him live and. Mind-blowing, you know. I yeah. mean, I, would, I Again, I just feel so lucky that I was in New York at that time. I mean, I missed a lot because I was too young to get the seventies, you know. But I got like a nice taste of, you know, the beat, right. just, you know, St. Mark's Poetry Project. I did some poetry readings for myself. You know, I got to meet, you know, Richard Hell. I. You know, it was just a great time. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: Well, John Jorno so, put out some cool right. records in the early eighties as well, uh, on a label called Jorno poetry systems where he has yeah. like the, there's things like, uh, butthole surfers are on there. Glenn Bronca And also, you know, him reading poetry, William Burroughs, oh, some wow. very cool records. <laughs> um, and there's yeah. a very, I should mention that since Jorno just passed away, I went and w- went on YouTube. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks before he died. And, um, there's a poem by him called It Doesn't Get Any Better that's just mm. amazing and mm. stark and brutal yeah. and great and I encourage everyone to go uh, listen to and see him read it
2: yeah, definitely it's right. just unbelievable alright, so yeah. now we get
1: the third track and now we're going to hear, but let's listen to a little bit of it and then we'll hear the uh, the insight info on, the, uh, on how uh, it came about but let's listen to a little of the magnificent Perfect Day
5: Just
3: a perfect day wow yeah. yeah it doesn't get any better than that really It's
2: does unbelievable that yearning you know and yeah,
3: that, you yeah.
2: Know, and, just and the that, like, fact that he's he, sin- he and-
3: sounds so sad when he's singing about yeah. this perfect day right
1: right all right so what's the so Azalea uh, what's the uh, what's the inside scoop on this
2: Right. Well, so as as Lou says in the song, you know, it was a day where Betty and Lou went to Central Park. You know, they were in the beginning kind of stages of their love. Um, you know, they were already having difficulties. They were two very cantankerous characters. <laughs> right. And, you know, I mean, it really is true. You know, I mean, I didn't really know that about, it. you know, I tell she was a bit tough. She was very, she had this very gravelly, tough voice. You know, I, I thought she was going to have this airy, <laughs> sweet voice, but she's actually very rough and tumble, Betty, you know, okay. and they really did, you know, on, on a day where they were having a problem, they let's just go to the park, drink some sangria, right. go to the zoo, which, you know, Central Park Zoo is, was right there. Right. And they were living on the upper, I think the upper west side, but not too far from Central Park. Okay. Uh, east, but somewhere not too far from Central Park. They had a little tiny apartment, you know, and, um, and then they had, they went to the movie. I think they went to the Paris Theater. And I think that just closed about a year ago. Uh, the Paris yeah. Theater right off Central Park. You know? Okay. So, so it's interesting because, you know, people always speculate, oh, it's about heroin and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, this is about that day going to with a woman. He didn't want to mention her name. Uh, right, um, yeah. you know, and he also wanted people to believe that Betty was this you know, Jewish, you know, woman. She was totally the opposite. Scandinavian background. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> total glam. Yeah. So, That's funny. <laughs> I don't know why he just didn't really want to talk about Betty. I mean, they must something really right. Uh, terrible must have happened. But one of the things that Betty said to me that I found a little bit odd, she said, you know, I really think that I was, the great love of Lou Reed. I was the one. <laughs> right. And I kind of yeah.
4: just paused and I said, Well, what about Lori Anderson? Oh, right. and Jesus, he said yeah. that
1: to
2: I him. Mean, You know. Which he actually said
1: was, little- was, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, yeah, towards the end, they really had a great, uh, special relationship. But, you know, whatever. Oh, you could have, you could have more than one great love, right? Well,
3: and Lou, Lou I mean, was a very, very, very complicated <laughs> character. <laughs> Do you think? And, yeah. I, I, right and yeah. you know, anyone who dealt with him i think for any period of time would you know you could be he could you know you could become on the outs very quickly and right. not know you could why. also
1: here he could be the nicest most generous right. guy exactly. but also he could be the most count vicious yeah all right so this song itself it sounds that that's the this is the genius of lou because it's like at one uh, uh, on one hand it's this beautiful little perfect day but then that dark under uh, current comes totally in when he says just, when he says just a perfect day you made me forget myself no. I thought I yeah. was someone else and someone when says, good you,
3: you just keep me well, hanging on Plus, he's also referencing um, he's the Motown, what's the, it's it's a Motown song. Oh, you keep me hanging on. You keep me on. hanging yeah, on. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and then by the yeah. end, he the does range. that uh, yeah.
1: New Testament verse, uh, be not deceived, yeah. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he, he also reap. reap. You're, you're going to And you're going to reap so, just what you sow. Reap
2: just what you sow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean... It, there's just so much poignancy in the song. And I mean, I do think that, you know, Betty, again, she, she told me that he was, you know, abusive. But I think it was, like I said, getting to know her. I think it was definitely just a, an antagonistic relationship. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you have those fights when you're young, you're like, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. You know, like, right. you know, you kind of think that's okay. And it almost feels like it's the makeup from the breakup or from the you know the fighting, yeah. it feels so good when you make up. You know, so he had this. And image, they were they were know, together
3: that, for a few years, right?
2: Just, yeah, just maybe like just over two two three years. I mean, you know, she broke up with him, and then he begged her to come back. And actually, they had they actually did get married. Right. Um, but then it got divorced. She got like a quickie divorce in Mexico. But then after <laughs> that, he begged her to come back because by that time he was really on serious drugs yeah. and you know she was helping you know to keep his life somewhat normal right and so he begged her to come back she did but then she said "It just just couldn't too many work out. too many you know, she went and, to England
3: with him. right too many negative influences i think there was a lot of you know i think lou was a speed freak serious speed freak for yeah. a lot of the eight, a lot of the 70s and um with yeah. all the accompanying you know Problems oh. that brings about. Oh, so,
2: yeah. so for if this, you get you get you get nice and skinny. That's the nice
3: thing. Uh, yes, that. you can see by about <laughs> seven bad. by about seventy four, he's really really skinny. Oh, so yeah, yeah,
2: uh, um,
1: really skinny. Uh, so also yeah. for this song, you have to mention Mick Ronson's uh, string arrangement oh, in this. Oh. Yeah,
3: because it's, it's, mm, so it's incredible. It yeah. yeah, it's
1: a great song. And,
2: and Klaus Warman on the bass, man. Yeah. Oh Klaus yeah, Wormen. yeah
3: exactly. And I should right? I should just I mention have, real quickly yeah. that there's. Um, there's this restaurant around the corner from my house that's now out of business, but they used. to It's like a you know like an Argentinian steak place, which there's quite a few of around here. And they had this one of these things you would buy at like you know Home Goods, hanging on their door like this hand painted thing. It said that said I swear to God it's. Such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. And every time I would walk by, and I would go, "Oh my god!" I thought, "Well, it's so trite and goofy for this steak place to have <laughs> right. this lyric right. like from this song that is so just." Such a yeah. um, complicated song, and they're just like, "Oh, like it's that. such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> me too."
2: Well, you can you can trivialize anything,
3: right? <laughs> right. Yeah, like I complex, it. yeah, right? agreed. Yeah. All right, so let's get. Uh, Some people are going to say that about our show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: You can't triple it. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, song number four. This I think another disc, maybe to the war, the whole uh, Warhol crowd oh, thing. Yeah, for let's sure. Let's listen to a little bit of "Hanging Round."
3: Yeah, definitely some characters that he um, finds not quite yeah. up to snuff. Right, it's, right. They're like putting yeah. they're like, "Oh, you're doing these things."
1: Right, you're still being weirdos, and I've I've moved on I've, from yeah, all that. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. You're just because doing that to be you, weird. When you, when you,
2: Yeah, like you kind of, when you read these words, you know, because I'm kind of like looking them up as we go just to read read them as I'm hearing them. And it's so, you can see how much Bruce Springsteen got from him, really. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, sure, yeah. I never thought of that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, just, you know, because I think Bruce was trying to create these characters. Yes, yes. You know, sometimes, you know, even people, you just read about in the newspaper. which, of course, we've all done that. You know, the Beatles got all so many song titles <laughs> sure. and ideas for the right. newspaper. But you know, these are people you just wonder, like, you know, where did he meet these people? And they're just all so odd, you know? Right. I mean, he just has a way of describing them. It's just on her face, she wore dentures clamped tightly to her nose. Right, right. And when she finally spoke her twang, her glasses broke. Yeah, and he, no one else could smoke while she was in the room. You know, it's just like this really wild stuff. Yeah, right,
3: right. well, he, that, he's that's like thing he did in the Velvets as well. On a, there was a song, uh, um, "I Can't Stand It." Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, live with Thirteen Dead Cats," um, a purple uh, dog <laughs> that wears spats. Um, I'm living out in the hall. I can't stand it anymore. My landlady hit me with what? a mop you know
2: <laughs> right. I mean it's like he could have been this amazing novelist but I think I think he always said he just didn't have the patience and he loved right wop radio so much oh yeah he, he did he was a duo fanatic songwriter. yeah he loved yeah, duo.
3: which yeah. also and like, oddly enough one of his, his nemesis who he despised and who despised him Frank Zappa also a doo-wop yeah. fanatic. Oh right. <laughs> so yeah,
2: yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so but it's cool that Lou Reed wrote all those songs, like not Brill Building, but you know something akin to that in New York. Like he would just go in there. Oh, oh Pickwick. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For
3: Pickwick. Pickwick. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, Pickwick. Pickwick yeah. was not Brill Building. Yeah. The ostrich. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pickwick was like dime a dozen. Like you gotta, you know, just keep throwing yeah. records at the wall and see if one hits. Right.
2: Um, right. Yeah. And let's invent new dances like the ostrich. Yeah. Yeah. Know, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, which, if you listen to sound. it,
3: it's the recording is just like this insane, like the noisy reverb thing. You go, nobody would play this on the radio, <laughs> but and I guess, <laughs> I guess, Kale was involved in some of that stuff too. That's how That's he and right. Luke,
2: That's and, right. and
3: um, yeah. you know, you just it's just nobody berserk, crazy stuff that no one's gonna, and then of course, like doo songs or pop songs. But, yeah uh, right. he
2: had such a great pop sensibility he did yeah, he felt, did you know, a lot of it is so catchy you know yep. despite him being the this- Absolute weirdo, pervert, or whatever yeah. people thought of him. Right, because
1: he's like a up, you know. Yes, exactly. My
2: God. All
1: right, so let's yeah. uh, let's take a little break. We usually about halfway through, we take a little break. Me and B- I don't know if you're uh, doing it. Uh, you're you're in a, a lovely. You said you're outside in a lovely L.A. evening, right? Out on the porch. I don't know uh-huh. if it's evening. It's me and Barry, out me and there. Barry do have to r- refresh our drinks right now. So we're gonna take a little break. Okay. We're talking with Azalea okay. Snell. We're talking about. Transformer by Lou Reed. We'll be back. This is That Record Got Me High. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Is This This Tomorrow Tomorrow is a barbecue barbecue factory in Eufaula, Alabama, Alabama, which serves only the the finest smoked smoked meat products. Any animal animal within a a 37 mile radius of Is is This Tomorrow's 200,000 square foot barbecue plant is fair game. Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha. Fair game. (laughs) game. (laughs) Get it? it. Anything on four, three, three, or even even occasionally occasionally two legs. legs. Remember when that monkey side show thing went south
4: can be be rapidly whacked into oblivion and smoked, smoked, packaged, packaged, labeled, and delivered delivered to your door door within 24 hours. hours. Is This this Tomorrow tomorrow can also provide you with delicious sides to go with your, your, whatever whatever it is, including including
0: coleslaw, baked beans, Cornbread, fried okra, and, and our specialty, Sarcophagus of Satan, a, a secret, secret recipe dating, dating back 10,000 years. Sarcophagus of Satan is made from miracle whip, genetically altered canned green beans, sorcery, incantations, incantations and some shit, some shit that would make you literally you crawl literally out, of out of your skin. It's happened, it's happened believe you me. me. Check out Check our, our menu, menu at isthistomorrow.com. This tomorrow That's, That's is this isthistomorrow.com. tomorrow.com. Tomorrow, don't I'm
2: good. I think I'm good. You're good. You're you're very
1: high energy, uh, Azalea. That's good. I like that. I do. I think,
2: well, I'm so excited about this record. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, how you could know, you not, not be, like, right? You know, how could you not
2: be? Yeah, yeah, right. I know. It's uh, just certainly something that, yeah, it may kind of help make me who I am for better or worse, you know. But, yeah, yeah
1: no, I think I'm sure me and Barry could definitely say the same thing. For All right, sure. so we yes. are back. This is That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock.
3: That is Rob Elba.
1: And we are talking with Azalea Snail about one of her, probably we could say this is one of your all time f- favorite records. Oh, yeah. And just Talk something 10.
2: that sort
1: of changed the tra- uh, 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 trajectory of your life in a way, probably, right? Yes. Yes. It
2: did. Absolutely. Transformer.
1: Absolutely. And, and uh, so this yeah. next song, this next song kind of became a little bit. Of an albatross for Lou, uh, I was reading (laughs) a little bit, but uh, because it actually became a kind of a hit and kind of a radio hit, which is amazing when you think about the subject matter and everything. But let's listen to a little bit of Walk on the Wild. I came from Miami,
5: FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way. Shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, Hey, babe.
1: Yeah, Where get- to start? Where do you begin with this song? Where do you, I, you even begin? I,
3: well, okay, an easy technical yeah. point is there's actually two yeah. basses being played. He goes, there's right. one bass going up, and that's one thing you can, that's in this documentary, they just, they talk to the bass player, and he was like, yeah, and, and uh, um, so it's not just, it's it's not just one, it's right. two, but everything else about it is just... take a walk. Like beyond compare, his voice, the way he's, the, you know, the snare drum is playing, and then later on, that there's there's the background vocals come in, and they're they're just incredible. There's a str- the there's thunder that the strings, the thunder, the thunder.
2: What do they
1: the call Azalea? The what do they call
2: themselves? They're called the Thunder Thighs, th- and th- yes. you know, there's three women. I always wonder whatever the happened to them. They were song. called the Thunder Thighs. And I recently read about one of them is da- uh, Dari Laloo, Karen Friedman, and Casey Singh, and you just never hear about what happened to them. But well, they were probably well, you got those, those
1: names all right. You're right. I have it in my notes. They you probably exactly
3: were. Right. You know worked did studio work. They probably did live work or backed up performers live, and just mm-hmm. like. Um, just like uh, there's an entire documentary about the background vocalist. Um,
2: Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, um, yeah, so... Well, they, and
2: also got, they also got to sing on Mata Hoople's stuff, and that makes me very envious and happy. Oh, yeah, yes. That's, so they, that's they awesome. They sang on Mata Hoople, uh, Hymn for the Dudes, Roll Away the Stone, which is one of my favorite yeah, sure. songs in Mata Hoople. I am sure. chose a Mata Hoople album for this, you guys, because Mata Hoople means...
3: Well, we season, young, we did in our first season. We did all the young dudes, be, um, but, but we I'm gotta, sure at some
1: point we're going to do I, another actually one. Actually,
3: you yeah. want to do? um I, I would like Mott. to do Mot, and I would also like to do yeah. the first album because that one has got also. great stuff on it, and it is kind of lesser known.
1: So. Yeah, but it, but it probably influenced. Mm-hmm. It also influenced a lot of
3: people. But oh my god, got, yeah. They've
2: got Mot and they've got the Hoople. Those two right. are just <laughs> to me flawless. I mean, they are really. Pretty much as good as Transformer. Both of those albums are like every song is amazing, yep. beautifully produced. You know, it's just magical. And of course, that's more Bowie there. Yeah. Or at least that initially, the Bowie connection. And, and, then, and uh, Ian, you know.
3: Ian Hunter uh, still stalks mm. the earth. Okay, so this well,
2: song. He, he just turned 80, 81, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible. All right, yeah. so these are. Yeah, we were supposed to see Martha um, Doopel play last year, and Ian now has. Really bad tinnitus, but oh, no. I did get to see Mother in 2009. I had a frequent flyer ticket from all my touring, and <laughs> as soon as those tickets went on sale, I pushed, boom, I got the tickets. I flew to London. I played some shows and stuff, but I was crying, you guys. I oh, was nice. up in the front crying. That's, That's awesome. how much I love Mother Yeah, great. so amazing, amazing fans. Yeah.
1: All right, so this song, so he's so he's naming these cast of characters, and these are all real people that he knew. So oh, You yeah. got Holly, yep. you got Candy, yep. you got Little Joe, you got uh, Sugarplum Fairy, Sandro. and uh, Jackie, and they're what? all uh, from the yeah, Andy Warhol's yeah. Factory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I read, I, I just saw this one quote, uh, the the one Holly, the Holly girl. Um, Hollywood line, yeah. Yes, so suppo- yeah. so she had not she had, she had like known the Velvet Underground or anything, but she didn't really know no. Lou. Right. So she heard she heard the song on the radio. Oh shit! And then she heard so she called Lou up and said, "How do you know this stuff about me?" Because he she said she got it exactly right. right, and he said, "Holly, you have the uh, biggest mouth in town." <laughs> <laughs> so no. he heard all her stories. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I was lucky enough in my crazy New York heyday, I got to meet both Jackie Curtis and Hollywood Live. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, Jackie was a really good friend of a poet friend of mine named Tom Wigell. May he rest in peace, another one who left, left about two years ago, Right. Uh, left the planet. But I you got know, to meet man, Jackie so and, you know, Jackie so... Curtis did a play. With Robert De Niro was his first play in New oh, wow. York, and yep yeah, glamour, glory, day. and gold. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, so I got to meet a Candy. Uh, I mean, not Candy. Candy was already dead. Jackie and Holly, and Holly ended up living out here in Los Angeles. And the last time I saw Holly, she did an incredible appearance at a Lee Black Childers photo show oh yeah that they did at the race yeah another amazing person i got to meet him and so uh holly and lee did this beautiful moment and they sang walk on the wildfire together and i i have it on my phone or i had you know, i filmed oh, nice. it on my phone in my archive. <laughs> were you but crying I, then too I, uh it was pretty emotional like <laughs> i know I'm that sounds awesome in the audience <laughs> Ronnie on the Rock was in the
1: audience. You know, I
2: mean, oh, it was—it wow. was amazing. Really beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it, it, it's moments
1: that. It, it, yeah, it's yeah, really just but, cool that these are all not just like made-up characters. Okay. These were all real people. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Also, from Sister right. Ray, we Duck, same and same Sally, yeah. and those those yeah, he talked about people those people. He people. He's a, yeah, these yeah. are these are people. And like from- we
1: said, that he had a real. Affection for, and it wasn't just like uh, yeah. yeah, He seemed to be able to
3: mingle with them without any sort of.
1: uh, There's a couple things I love in this song. I love the first time. I gotta imagine that the and the colored girls go was was just like an ad lib that he threw in there. Oh yeah. And then when he starts doing the do to do, you could hear him almost laughing, like a little. You could hear him smiling while he's doing that. And then uh, when they come in, they're awesome. And then you got to talk about. ronnie ross the ronnie ross saxful uh, oh, solo at the end oh my god which uh, uh, yeah. according to bowie and purportedly it was it, it was done in one take just one so take here we sax go solo at the end yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and that's these guys it, these uh, session guys that just come in and they do their job and they're just like uh, they they know their job. right
3: well it's like the all those uh, um the wrecking crew in um from the '60s, yeah, where they right. would do, they would right. you'd be oh, we played on three hit songs today, and you'd be like, you got to be kidding! Like, oh no, they they would. That's what they did, yeah. you know? They, right. they hand them the right. charts, and off we go.
1: So let me ask you, Azalea, when when you first got this record, and you were listening to it. Do you feel like you got like? Uh, uh, did you know everything that he was singing about right away, or did it take did it take time to sort of get in but because?
2: I- I don't think so. I mean, you know, Probably I not, definitely right? read a lot, and I was, I was like, kind of taking my father's Henry Miller books off the shelf yeah, and sure. reading them, yeah, right. Eric's song. so yeah. I mean, I didn't know, but I mean, you know, I was pretty innocent, right. but I was fascinated, so I just delved into those books. So I, yeah, I tried kind of, I did know a lot, or at least, you know, read a lot about about sex and and you know these these characters, but. Um, did I experience stuff like that yet? Hell no. I, mean, right, I, right. I think that was my <laughs> I feeling. About, I think my
3: feeling about it was that perhaps, like, I thought he was just talking about things sort of theoretically. You know, I couldn't, as a teenager, you can't quite fathom that, oh, that he's... These are he's, real
1: people doing real things. They did things. real things, these actual things. These and are then, doing, then later, yeah. yeah, yeah. And
3: he's actually sanitized what they've done. So he's put it in a beautiful pop song, you know, some of these... Uh, um, yeah, lurid scenes, you know.
1: Okay, so right. so right. as a, as Lou always being a, a, a champion, really, of the drag queens. This next song, uh, the oh, first yeah. song on side uh, side two, basically celebrates the the lifestyle of, of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So let's listen to a little bit of makeup. Your face when sleeping is
5: sublime. So Open up your eyes Then comes pancake factor number one Eyeliner, rose hips and lip gloss, such fun You're a slick little girl You're a slick little girl and ice, perfume, and kisses. Ooh, it's all so nice. You're a slick little girl. You're such a slick little girl. Now we're coming out. Out of our closets.
1: Out on the street. So you got. This is one of two songs where Herbie Flowers is playing a tuba for the bass. He's doing the tuba, yeah. bass, And it's
4: so, so awesome, good. yeah, so great. That's-
2: well, again, yeah, you know, it's funny. Betty also told me she said, "Yeah, this song is about me." You know, what really watch me? Well, you know, we said so we were just the first part of it. You know, you're oh, okay, 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 it's okay. sublime, and then you love So it really isn't till the end where he says. Now we're coming out Out of her closet And in fact You know As I kind of mentioned before Betty didn't really think Lou was gay Right, But right. I think he got A kick out of it Like Oh, I'm gonna switch this up now You know I'm not gonna think I'm, I'm not gonna Let people think This is about my Pretty little wife Right, oh, you know, oh, Right, okay tree, yeah, you know? so, yeah. Who knows? But that's what uh, Betty said. I was wondering, though, because actually when you think
1: about it, that's pretty brave in 1972 for him to include himself in there and say, we're coming out out of our closets, you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. But I I, I think you're probably right. I think Lou loved loved to, like, play with people's, uh, you know, um, perceptions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I don't think you're going to know. I don't
3: think you're going to know. The answer to the question, like, you know, which, I don't think he was gay. I mean, I, I, I think Lou Reed was Lou Reed and he's gone. Yeah, and, yeah right. And he was exactly. just incredibly yeah. complicated. I
2: mean, probably, yeah, he may have experimented. I mean, at that time. You you know, wasn't was he with? Like didn't Asian. he?
3: Wasn't he with a, um, a transgender woman for a yeah. long for a while, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Rachel, yes. And in fact, you guys, this is so crazy. Yeah. I actually got to meet Rachel too. I worked oh, at a really? yeah. Oh
4: really? Man,
2: I know. Quit, I know. I'm telling you, right place, right time, right, whatever. Right. But I was working at a record store in New York City, right across from Electric Lady Studios. And it was called Record Factory, and it was just you know kind of a commercial record store. But you know, I got a job. I was so excited. I was like a teenager. Sure. You know? And one day, you know, um, this uh, person comes up to the register carrying the best of Lou Reed, and on the uh, back uh, uh, of Lou Reed, on the back of that album cover, are tons of snapshots of Lou with Rachel. Oh yeah. So Rachel, that is saying to this guy, kind of an older guy, oh yeah. And that's me. That's me. You all the pictures me. Wow. And he's like, "Oh, you look gorgeous, darling. You look gorgeous." Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So um, Good right. Man. So I did meet Rachel, and Rachel was very attractive. And according to Betty. They were just friends. Oh, just but friends. Were, yeah,
3: I think knows, I think right? Betty is in denial about some A little things. bit, maybe.
4: Yeah. How hey, hey, hey.
1: how awesome is that, uh, Azalea, that this you have this record, at, and, and on the one hand, that was such an effective life, and then throughout your life you get to meet these people, these real people it's that are crazy. in this record. Right. That's, that's, that's amazing, right? That's well, awesome. When, oh. Well, because I, I've had the, the fortune to
2: live both in New York for a lot of my life and then la now for a lot of my life i have met so many people that it's like oh my god what you know and it's it's always a thrill for me i'm a geek you know i'm a that's total okay. music nerd sure. we're all geeks we're all geeks
3: that's what this show is all about well, my wife wa- just a quick aside <laughs> know, my, my wife and i honeymooned in new york in december of 1990 which it turned out to be january mm-hmm. of 1991 and we stayed at uh a hotel, but then we had our friend Stuart. <laughs> our st- friend Stuart Fletcher was uh, working at the Strand, and he was working also. Uh, yeah. He was working also as a um, babysitting, taking care of uh, Kim and Thurston's apartment from Sonic Youth oh, while they were so on tour. Charlie.
2: Yeah, no, it was Charlie, it was it was TV in TV. Uh,
3: Chinatown. A- anyway, okay. so we would go out to dinner with Stuart, and apparent we we went to this Thai place, which was really incredible. It was like down a flight of stairs. It was really awesome. And then we got mm-hmm. done eating dinner. and He goes, did you, "Did you did you notice who was sitting next to you during dinner?" And I said, <laughs> "No, I didn't notice." He goes, "Oh, it was it was Ornette Coleman." And I said, "You oh, got to be shitting God. me!" And I wow. he says, "Yeah, I didn't." I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to bother him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have
1: bothered him. I would have him. said, "Oh my God, it's that Coleman!" Yeah, you would have ruined his dinner. nice That's <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. That All right. That. So uh, now we got. There's a few songs on this record that were originally
4: Velvet, Velvet songs, songs yeah. and
1: this next one, uh, which I never knew before, but I'm reading about it now, sure, it yeah. was a uh, Velvet song. Let's listen to a little bit of "Satellite of Love."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Satellite's gone way up tomorrow. Oh yeah, those my David God. there's those David <laughs> Hi, Velvet. again. Yeah. And of
3: course the Velvet's version yeah. is much more straightforward.
1: Rocking, more just
3: rocking Yeah, faster. It's a straight up song, and yeah. if you had been on the Velvet's record, you would think it was great. But the it's it's the um what they did with it, the production on this turns it into this masterpiece of this evocative yeah. masterpiece. Of some sort of reminis- reminiscing, up or talking, thinking about things actually going out into space, and you know, yeah. um, and how we're going to screw that up, and um, mm. how things like that drive me out of my mind, <laughs> out of
2: my mind. which is yeah, a great, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like. <laughs> like, just the fact that we sent a rocket into space, it just right. it makes him insane.
1: And uh, and I also read that uh, the original, um, the part, I've been told you've been bold with Harry, Mark, and John. In the original uh, <laughs> Velvet Sing, it was the three characters from a 19th century children's poem. It was Winkin', Blinkin', and a Nod. nod. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I yes. know, it's incredible. And, uh, I actually did a cover of this song. That's how much I love it. I covered it on my uh, album. Oh, did you in really? 95, 96, Yeah. Ah, well, we're gonna, five, to, and, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find
1: that and put it. We'll put it up on. Wow, well, uh, okay. definitely. Or, or send it send it to me and I'll put
3: it in the episode.
1: So yeah, yeah, Even this song, it still has that little darker oh, yeah. undercurrent. Uh, sure. Yeah, but things like that drive me oh. out of my mind. And I at
3: the end, it. it's got that the the sort of tail out with which just builds and builds with um. Bowie's background vocals becoming this orchestra. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 And you just go, it's just insane. It's yeah, just, yeah, uh, that's um, great. and you have to wonder how Lou felt like when he, like when he heard, like, oh, this, you know, because it's very, um, it's, if you go to 1973, he does some very different things next. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, right. like it's sort of yeah. the, rock, the rock and roll animal era of, of a, of a right. Hunter Wagner band. And there's some, um, I was listening to this afternoon. You can find it, it's on YouTube. I know I, I send people to YouTube every week, but I was listening to it on the bus ride home today. Uh, it's live from the Academy of Music, 1973. It's what became rock and roll animal. But it's the raw tapes, yeah. board tapes, and he's doing s- these songs, but they're very much in the um, Hunter Wagner two-guitar, guitar and just rock and roll versions of these songs, and not like Velvet's yeah. rock and roll, like st- like Stadium rock and roll. Right,
2: right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it. yeah. And, and, it's inc- and it's and really it's amazing, big. but it's
3: very different. Yeah. He did this once, right. you know, basically.
2: Yeah. Well, he doesn't, he never, you know, if you look at his his album catalog, he never really repeated the same thing. I mean, no. and then he went to Berlin, and a you know, oh, Berlin, sure. Berlin album is right. well, yeah. all about Betty, Betty's family. That's her whole oh, family Oh, story
4: did not there, know that. So.
2: Uh. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. You guys, I'm telling you guys, read her book. It's amazing. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and it's crazy, because you read, I was going back to read. Reviews and even this album, it wasn't that uh, universally reviewed. No, but like later, of course, it ends up on every it's a the top one It's the greatest it's a albums, a albums movie. ever. Yeah. But then people just a lot of reviews just didn't get it. it. Yeah,
3: a, a lot of a lot of the contemporary reviews of the record really really slagged it. Yeah. And were just like, like man, <laughs> fuck this guy. He's bringing these people in, and who cares that you know he's talking? Yeah. They use some. Terminology yeah. we don't use anymore. Oh, yeah, anymore. Rolling
1: Stone, yeah, said it was like gay stuff. <laughs> yeah. A lot of gay wow. stuff. Right,
3: yeah. fuck,
2: Nick, fuck. Nick Tosh. Let me just say Nick it again. Tosh?
3: Yeah, fuck Rolling Stone magazine. What
1: were we saying, uh, Zell? Yeah.
2: Oh, I was saying Nick Tosh reviewed it, and, and you'd think he would have. Loved it, but he apparently only thought it was like two good songs. Oh, right, right. The rest right, is right.
3: And the rest just, just like filler. Away, yeah,
2: Nick Toss,
3: yeah, yeah, um, well, whatever, right.
2: whatever, right. I know, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this
1: <laughs> next song we got another. Uh, this one is not one of the velvet holdovers, but when I was, I thought this one actually sounds like a velvet song it does. to me, very yeah, velvety. Yeah. Let's, yes. Let's listen to a little bit of Wagon Wheel.
5: should be in-
3: So, yeah, that's it's very much like a loaded era Velvet yeah, yeah, song. could have yeah. been unloaded. Yeah. In fact, it could have been unloaded and it could have been Doug Yule singing it because Doug Yule right. sung a <laughs> lot right. of that stuff. But, yeah. but then you get to the mean Lou in here very quickly. Right. But if you think oh, yeah. you, you get kicks from flirting with danger, ooh, ooh, just kick her in the head and rearrange her. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's have. like, damn. really so does show that he had he
2: definitely had an abusive streak. Oh, sure, you know, and and it, and you know, God knows. In a song nowadays, you would never put a line like that in no. a song, right? Right? No. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, never, right?
1: <laughs> and uh and we oh, got to right, say
2: the rap songs that do that, but. right?
1: True, right. true. And the
2: yeah,
1: the three girls, the. Thunder thighs,
2: thunder thighs kick ass yeah. on this one. Oh,
1: Just yes, their they backups do. are so that great. Is, uh, and uh, great. Uh, on songs like this, especially, I feel like Lou. Uh, you could almost hear him smiling when he's singing some of this stuff. Because oh sure. Hear he's, sure, really, sure. I think he was probably really energized by the uh, uh, by, by the David Bowie, Mick Ronson uh, production of it, and having the, well, the he, girls. Well, well the thing that you know? I don't
3: know. I don't know what order this stuff was done in. Oh right. So That's it true. could be. You know, he was there for it, but he's they may have done Lou with his guitar because his guitar is on a lot of this, his rhythm guitar. You right, know? right, right. And then um started layering things on after that. Not sure how that went. I
2: think right. it was a pretty quick thing. I mean, I think Yeah, I think did, it was a couple of weeks. It studios. was not a
3: big long process. Yeah, right.
2: no, it was it was a pretty quick thing, and I think that they just worked really fast. I mean, Bowie it's known to have worked, you know, just worked really Super fast. We yeah, we talked about
1: that in
3: the last like, one. It's yeah. uh, yeah. for life, basically and, done you know? in
1: like eight days. And yeah, he had some medicine that yeah. helped him with
3: that, quick working. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys were up all night, man. <laughs> up all night. They, were just doing yeah. they did some coffee and some night. other
3: stuff that they had yeah. people coffee break, bring Coffee and them. other stuff,
1: yeah. All right, so <laughs> yeah. we get to this next song. Uh, this is another Velvet Underground holdover that the Velvet Underground would play live. Very campy, fun song. Let's listen to New York Telephone Conversation. I was sleeping
5: gently, napping when I heard the phone. Who is on the other end talking? Am I even home? Did you see what she did to him? Did you hear what they said? Just a New York conversation rattling in my head. Oh, my, and what shall we wear? Oh, my, and who really cares? Just a New York conversation, gossip all of the time. Did you hear who did what to whom happens all the time?
3: <laughs> so, what yes. yes. Yeah. Luna- kind of a silly little... Yeah, you know, but he's also another, definitely saying, you know, casting aspersions upon these people's self-importance.
2: Right. Well,
1: the Warhol, right. supposedly it's a yeah. little dig at Warhol because Warhol supposedly had a penchant for having these long, uh, a gossipy telephone oh, yeah. conversations oh, sure. with his stars. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. He would talk to Bridget
2: Berlin for like hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would tape them all. There's, there's like tapes of all these conversations of, of Andy and Bridget, and yeah. Right. I mean, right. that was his lifeline. You know, so, yeah, I think Lou probably thought it was pretty silly. Right. To be that uh, pose dependent with somebody and have to tell every little, you know, people that still are like that. My God, you know? Yeah. I mean, just look at this whole phone thing. Like, you go out, and people have to constantly be on their phones, you know? Yes. Uh, I mean, you have like, this little outdoor gym near us, and, you know, this was a big thing in Los Angeles now. They have these great outdoor gyms where you can do your workout. Oh, really? And you've got, on their video, you know, making like you know, uh, I video, whatever it's called, FaceTime, uh, phone call, <laughs> while I'm working out, you know, I'm like, really, what has become? So, what yeah. has
1: become of society, Azalea? What has become of us? I don't yeah. know,
2: man. Right, I distractions. I mean, I we all, all need. Day. We all
3: need distractions from the um, impending. Is that it? uh meteor, meteorites. I'm just so glad asteroid. I'm going to be
1: dead in like 20, oh, yeah. 30 years. I'll be gone. The, the
3: yeah, coronavirus. If you'll, it's yeah. there, you know? That's where we are. <laughs> this is the
1: coronavirus episode.
3: I didn't It certainly that. is. We should um, Don't um, even remind people.
2: All right,
1: so now we get uh, to a song, uh, which Bowie, I feel like Bowie and Ronson's uh, musical stamp on this one is very apparent. Yes, it is. Uh, let's listen to it. This a, is one of my favorite songs of all time. I
2: mean, I know <laughs> the hits, you know, Vicious, Satellite of Love, but... This song, this gets played on, you know, Dan and I DJ on this rooftop in downtown LA. Right. And this gets played very frequently. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it, yeah.
1: it is a It is a great song. It, it is really song. is. Listen to do a little bit of So great. I, I'm so free. Yeah.
5: Yes, I am a.
3: So that's is that the only time Lou double tracks his vocal in the whole record?
1: Oh, okay, when he okay. says oh. "I'm so
3: free," he's there's two Lou's <laughs> going right there, and then of course, oh. Ronson's unmistakable. You got that
1: harmonized uh, guitar part, yeah, that uh,
3: mid-rangey so Mick Ronson sound, and um, it's a uh, hey,
2: thunder size again. Yeah, that oh, is yes, yes. Oh, yes. yes. What yeah, a yeah, song. What a song! And there's, I you I remember like- I was just going to quote. Do you remember the silver walks? You used to shiver, and I used to talk. Then we went down to Times Square, and ever since I've been hanging around there.
1: <laughs> yep, right. That's so great, yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah. That made really this. Crazy. This made you want to move to New York, right? There is you right?
2: go. Oh my God, hell yeah! And I, and 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 seriously, my mantra in life, more than anything, is to is to maintain my freedom. So right. I am. Uh, I always. I'm a freedom nugget. I mean, I'm just like a freedom monger I just you know for me being free is everything you know I don't want to ever be you know tied down with like some horrible job or you know it's just it really is the most important thing I think in life is to maintain your freedom. Yeah. You know? right. Well, good and for I you.
4: And I think
1: that's the, the that's the idea of this song and I feel like this is Lou sort of relishing his freedom from being out from under like the Velvet Underground Andy Warhol-like weight, you know? Sure. Being like yeah, solo sure. and coming out yeah. on his own. Sure. I feel that in this song, you Yeah. Know?
2: Yeah, and it could even be like, you know, breaking free from a relationship, you know, just right. in his case because it was, really talking being with Betty and who knows <laughs> poor Betty so,
1: yeah. <laughs> All
3: right
2: yeah. so, poor yeah. Betty <laughs> it's such a great anthem
1: yes yeah. it, it really is and now, all right, so now we get to the final track on the record, which is uh, I, one thing we haven't really addressed, but there, there's a lot of humor in this record. Oh, it's record. very wry Absurd, humor, yes. uh, very, yeah. The absurdest uh, Lou humor, which he always had. He always had that sort of Lady. wry sense of
2: humor. Very sarcastic, very cynical. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yes, exactly. Uh, so let's listen to uh, this song. I always love it. this. It's is a great album closer. It is. Let's listen to a little bit of Goodnight, Ladies. Now all night long,
5: you've been drinking your tequila But now you've sucked your lemon peel dry So why not get high high, high and good? Night ladies, ladies, good night
4: Good
5: night, ladies. All ladies, good night. It's time to say goodbye. Good night, sweet ladies.
3: Tonight.
5: It's time to say <laughs>
3: Oh, it's so beautiful. But now you've sucked your lemon, lemon peel dry. dry. <laughs> dry. Lemon, yeah, right. Yeah, the sets so you bad. up for that. Oh, mm-hmm. you've what? <laughs>
1: Uh, i I just I love this because it's sort of like you have this here's this this celebrated influential rock star <laughs> and he's and, and he's like all alone on a Saturday night right. you know, yeah, watching the, right. uh, watching the, these people the, the network news <laughs> and eating right. his TV dinner yes I love it yes oh yeah we, and we. did
2: you did, yeah oh I was just saying, I'm sorry um did you guys see the movie can you ever forgive me? Um, Oh, yes, yes, Um,
1: right, Um, with, um, Um, yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, What's what's her her name? Melissa McCarthy, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, Lee Israel, it's about a woman who faked, you know, um, writing, having these letters from Dorothy Parker. Yes, 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 But at the, toward the end of the movie, they used this song, and um, uh, what's his name, Uh, he's, I have to think of his own, but he sings it. Uh it's, it's yes, yes, you're
1: right. You're right. Yeah.
2: Really great. It really is well
1: great. done. Yeah, great.
3: Oh, oh, nobody calls me. calls me on the telephone. Yeah. I put another yeah. record on my stereo, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still singing a song of you. It's a lonely yeah. Saturday, Saturday night. <laughs> it's a lonely
2: Saturday night. And they've got those yeah, jazzy it's horns. Yeah, the horns are great. And it's just, you wouldn't expect it on a rock and roll record. Right, 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 exactly, exactly.
3: A lot of this record is not super rockin'. A lot of this record is something else. It's kind of in its own category, which is maybe why he didn't do it again, is that there's this um, uh, cabaret element to it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And... um, you know, he might revisit some of these sort of setups later on, but it's definitely, and, you know, and Bo- Bowie and Ronson are there also. I think with, probably, it's like Iggy figured out that <laughs> with um, the idiot and Lust for Life, he said, you know, on Lust for Life, I wanted to work really fast because if you don't, Bowie will start changing things and yeah, he'll yeah, start yeah.
1: whose record is it, it gonna it starts, be yeah.
3: and it starts to become but a David but Lou I think
1: is a strong enough personality came in with these songs where it's like sure. you're almost like uh, Bowie's smart enough where he's, he's well, not gonna fuck it up uh, well, he's also make because it great.
3: at this point Bowie is a, a huge Lou Reed fan yeah, yeah the of, course, of course Bowie had like Bowie had the acetate for the first sure. Velvets record before anybody else had right. heard right. it right. so he took it to yeah. England and people were yeah. like what oh my god right. what he
1: was smart enough uh, to to recognize like oh sure, you're this right. is sure, something sure. special he knew, I, I he knew
3: exactly who to to, yeah. to pinch things from
2: <laughs> right but well, you know can i i just want to add because i also have befriended another really great lady uh angie bowie um you we know, right. become friends and she did this Lou reed event with, with us um but she actually inspired David more than I think anybody might realize. I mean she of was the one who when Bowie had that break and wrote All the Young Dudes, she said, Give us a Maza Hoople. Oh,
3: you know, yeah. he is the one that
2: he could sing all the young Dudes because he's a little he's already about thirty by then. Right. Right. And so she also I think pushed him into this whole Lou Reed thing. Yeah, you know, because he oh, was won- okay. I mean, he legally couldn't do his own music for about a year or so. He had a, you know, a contractual
3: thing, thing he made, with Darum yeah. Records with a Space Oddity or whatever, but the switch from yeah. Darum to RCA, right? yeah.
2: Right, right. So, so he kind of was looking for other artists to do right. to cover his songs, you know. And so Angie would say, "Oh, there's this great band, Matupa. I'm sure she knew all about Lou Reed. I mean, she was American, you know. Right, she, right, right. She right. knew her. She really knew her. shit. she's a fascinating character. She's really something. I bet she yeah.
4: is. And you can have her on your show. Yeah. You <laughs> well, you're, oh, okay. you're a fascinating you, tell you what, character. Elia. Elia. Elia.
3: Elia. Elia. You, Elia. 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 you get line up Angie Bowie for the show. We'll do it anytime, yeah. any place, whatever. Okay. Okay. Any record she, record she wants, wants to, do. to do. Okay, I will tell her. I will
1: right.
2: tell her you guys want to do it. Okay. A, a Az-
1: Azalea, thank yeah. you. You have been an awesome guest. Uh, I thank agree. you so much. You. Yeah, we
3: really, uh, really enjoyed it. And I this. think you should probably. Pick out a Mott the Hoople record. Let or us whatever know. You well, or yeah, whatever, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Let yeah, us we'll know, do. and we'll, we'll put you on again, put for, you sure. on for uh, the, the winter of 2020. So,
1: if people wanted to oh. check out, what what would be a good place to find what's going on with you? Because you're still oh, my, obviously oh, a creative oh, on, person. You know, the usual suspects, you
2: know, Facebook, YouTube. Um, right. You know, Azalea. It, yeah, they they just, they just, uh, I have a band camp page, you know. Okay, nice. Yeah. So, just Google Azalea's name. Yeah, I didn't even get to tell you my other encounters with Lou Reed, but whatever, you know,
3: that's okay. <laughs> Save it for. I tell you <laughs> what, hold it, hold it for the next. For tell it right okay. at the beginning right, of right the of whatever ah. record you pick next. Okay.
2: And we'll, right. and, okay. we'll and we'll and, pretty, and, and, Yeah, it's a pretty cool story about Lou Reed's last ever time in Los Angeles, and Ooh. I got to hang with him. It was very interesting. But all right. Anyway, all right, Well, good. good. That's, that's a good teaser for the next Azalea Snell
1: Lou episode. Bless you. Oh, awesome! <laughs> All right, so next week, what do we got, Barry? Next week we got uh, oh, we're doing Sparks, kimono uh, uh, my, my house with
3: uh, Michael Cuttahy of the Cuddy. of the a, uh, of the uh, renowned Boston Ensemble Christmas, who and, uh, um, uh,
1: combustible Ed- Edison too. Yes, I hear he's a he's Ooh. a. Uh, bit of a character too so we'll
3: i see. believe based on my interactions with him that he will fit in perfectly with our show
1: Will you okay so that's sparks coming to <laughs> my house next week uh, don't forget, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. to become a patron. Like our newest patrons, uh, Matthew Marzullo, Martin O'Connor, and Christopher Sienko. Uh,
3: he had, he's had a couple of strong drinks. I'm surprised he can still say those names. I know,
1: right? I'm, I'm, I'm furiously trying to pronounce their names right. <laughs> uh, thank you once again uh, for listening. You, and thank, thank you,
3: you Azalea, yeah, for being a guest. Fantastic. Yeah, you were great. Thanks uh, for
1: having me, guys. Once again, that is very stock. And that is Rob Elba. This is That Record Got Me High. We will see you guys next week. We are out i